<laughs> Where are we starting? Rolling, rolling, <laughs> rolling down the river. Rolling, rolling. That's the only part of that song right now. So Who, that's all I, I mean, got. Is is it called Rolling Down the River? No, it's definitely not. I don't know. Look, look that up. No, young Colton. We can hire someone to do research during the podcast. With how big it's getting, I mean, maybe we should start accepting <laughs> yeah. applications. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to start at a up and coming hot podcast? With a salary of a whopping, how much money would you give him? Uh, we probably have to pay him in Trident layers, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> what is it? What is it called? Back pay them? Well, I don't know. We'll have, to, we'll have to back pay you. The further payment. The further payment. Until it makes it. You have to accept it in about a year. <laughs> well, dude, I mean, we've grown exponentially since the first episode. For the first like three, we had no audience members. Yeah, that's now true. we have a human being and two dogs. So. Yeah, three live, very live. <laughs> One's chewing a plastic spoon, which <laughs> that well, would be wait, a, that's of course my dog. <laughs> yeah, and at least we found out that Reese didn't have diabetes. That was a big yeah. A Reese big is diabetes free, I guess you could say. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but I, I mean, I, we were worried for a long. He's time. negative. He's negative. <laughs> I don't know how. I don't even know how we got on the train of diabetes. What? Because he was drinking so much water. Yeah. So he had. All these different weird symptoms going on. Like, he's an undying thirst for water. He drinks in the toilet bowl 45 <laughs> times a day. Dude, dude, there's, I don't even think there's that many toilet bowls now. I think there's three toilet bowls in the house. And systematically, every time I take him to go upstairs, he hits every single one trying to get through the water. <laughs> like, it's the most, it's this, it's we a go checkpoint. We go through the same elaborate dance every time I take him to his crate where he goes to the first floor. Uh, toilet bowl then he runs upstairs viciously and goes to the the center of the second floor toilet bowl and then straight into our room and beelines it for our toilet bowl it's insane i can't believe you trust me with this dog for a week oh yeah that's gonna be interesting colton's taking care of reese for about a week he's excited for it i am he only gets him in those he he gets the luxury of getting him in five minute snippets but me and him have a special connection yeah so we'll see we'll test that connection in a week or so yeah I I Come might break. I might I might call you crying, bro. Yeah, probably. We'll see. But you just came back from. Uh, you're looking a little little sweaty, a little heated up. Just yeah. came back from shooting hoops. Shooting hoops. They're trying to get in. Uh, I don't know. Maybe my inner LeBron James. I don't know if that's my like character reference in basketball. LeBron. Hopefully, maybe Russell Westbrook. No, maybe tone it down a little bit there. <laughs> Shane Battier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Greg Oden. <laughs> yeah, dude. So. Um, Ready to rip this, man. Ready to rip right. it. Are you all ready right. to dive in? Yeah, let's let's get it. Um, all right, guys. With a quick little banter session, um, we're going to hop into episode six of Outside the 9 to 5. And I guess we're still calling it this, the third episode of the Halftime Huddle. Um, have you gotten any feedback from other people on a better name? None that was good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, then we're still rolling with it. Again, these will be our shorter length podcast released on Thursday. Um, probably going to be about 40 minutes or so. We're going to talk about specific things semi-related to our longer form content on Monday. Um, the most recent one was centered around physical fitness. So what we're going to get into today um, is if getting more active is kind of step one in building a healthier, you know, building a healthier, you know, lifestyle and getting in better shape, we would certainly consider 1A to be diet um and i mean you would agree with this kev right you would maybe even reverse those right yeah yeah i was i was gonna say i I probably reverse those yeah frankly you know you can lose weight without even starting to do extra physical activity by just eating yeah they also they benefit they kind of balance each they bounce off of each other a little bit but yeah you number one i would say is is diet because diet can you know depending on what you're eating it can actually be doing a lot of damage, right? Depending on what you're eating. I'm not sure I know what you mean. Like active damage, right? Depending on what you're eating, you could be doing more damage to your body than like if you're just sitting around, you know, just not being that active. No, explain. I, I'm, I'm seriously not. What, yeah, what I'm saying is, so let me give an example. Yeah, that helps. Let's Let's look at drinking alcohol versus not drinking alcohol. Okay. So by not drinking alcohol, you're healthy healthier yeah right when you drink alcohol you actively are damaging your body right right 
Yeah. Same goes for certain foods. Oh, you're saying if you're eating unhealthy, you're damaging your body. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Then I totally agree with you. Yeah. I don't think – so if you're shoving McDonald's in your face every day. Yeah, those things are horrible for you. Oh, and you're saying they actually are causing a negative side effect. Yeah. It's not even just your – you know, you're at ground, not even zero. You're at almost negative. Is that – Yeah. Is that, yeah, is like that it's doing more harm than good. Yeah, no, I get it. You know? I didn't even think about it like that. Yeah. And I, I – guess i didn't do a very good job of explaining I that would say but we're, we was tad more articulate we worked we're, through it yeah we're warming up we're warming up um but before we get into like some of the specific questions um i have for you kev what um about i guess nutrition makes you kind of passionate about it i feel like the term passion is like not shitty but i feel like it's so like it feels like fluffy to me like what makes you so interested in nutrition i know you do stuff with it outside of your job and kind of have a business around it so what kind of makes you so interested in that space yeah it's that's a great question it's one of those things that everyone has to be knowledgeable about but no one teaches you anything about it really none throughout all of schooling whatever your parents know or whatever their knowledge base is around that that's what gets transferred to you whether it's good or bad you're right and same goes for finances. Yeah. They're very similar in that sense that you don't get the traditional schooling on that kind of nutritional science like you do with with math or anything it's along crazy. those lines. And it's something that's you're you're going to you're going to actively need to rely on on a daily basis that's going to affect your health in the long term and in the short term. So that's why it makes it so interesting to me. No, I, I actually 100% agree with you. And I want to give you one funny story because in a health class when I was, I would say moderately overweight um, in like sixth or seventh grade. So I don't know how this came up, but basically my health teacher was like, hey, Colton, you know there's such thing as diet soda in front of everyone in the class wait are you serious i'm not even messing with you dude dude that is some serious trauma it was funny bro i mean i guess me and him were like kind of on friendly terms like he had my brother or whatever how old were you oh dude i was in like seventh grade (laughs) so not (laughs) only friendly terms dude this is probably like a 40 year old man right yeah making fun of what how old are you in seventh grade like 10 but dude so 11 because you just said we didn't learn about it at all that was my learning that was my learning he basically said you have diet soda and back then you think about where nutritional science was then yeah and where it is now you know it's completely different that's so true and the other like the thing i remember from school and i'm interested if you remember this too is like that pyramid chart you know what i was saying where it's like you have a certain amount of carbs a certain amount of fats certain amount of protein do you remember that Uh, well it was more of like a food pyramid, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Did I say pyramid yeah. chart? Was that the wrong terminology? No, no, no. I think you you were just describing. I don't know. Yeah, no. Okay. Maybe I maybe But do you I know what I'm saying? Yeah, I like know what that. you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Where it was like, <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because if you look at that traditional food pyramid, there's some shit on it that you're like, yo, why would you eat that? <laughs> yeah, I mean. There's like a carton of milk. It's like two-thirds of America's lactose intolerant. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, and nutrition is very, um, you know, person-dependent. And I think that's kind of what you help people with, right? Because what, what's your, like, business with nutrition or, like, what are you certified in specifically? Yeah. So my certification comes from Pre- Precision Nutrition. Yeah. Which is, you know, if you look at it comparatively to, like, training certifications, mm-hmm. um, such as different personal training certifications, it's, it's similar in that sense. So – it's a certification based on coaching nutrition. So they give you not only the knowledge around the nutritional base, but also the knowledge around coaching. It's very behavioral tendency based. And that's what I was actually hoping we were diving into because I think when you mentioned this to me and like you kind of coached me through some of my nutritional things, but how many chapters are there that are actually on like the scientific aspects of like macros or calories versus how much is like behavioral coaching? I thought you gave me a number one time if I remember correctly. Yeah, I want to say the actual – so there, the science of nutrition covered – I want to say it's around three or four chapters Yeah, out of 20 chapters. Uh, it's crazy. They're pretty long cha- – like those are the longest chapters obviously. But the majority of it is – 
and we're going to dive into this yeah. later is changing behaviors yeah, and coaching people through that. And that's a hundred percent my biggest struggle because I think we unpacked physical fitness in the last episode. So if you want to, I mean, for people listening, if you want to give that a listen, you can, but I, I mean, what are your like basic nutritional tips or things you've learned? Just like if we're talking strictly calories, things like that, if people are trying to gain weight, lose weight, like what is, I guess, step one for you is kind of my question. I don't know if that's too open-ended if or you need me to be more specific. But, like, I kind of am of the philosophy, and I'll give you this context before you answer then. Like, dude, it is calories in, calories out, depending on what you want to do. I, again, I think it could be more nuanced based on the person, and this is just my personal opinion. I think I'm more bro science than you, than you are, <laughs> but... I think you can do that caloric restriction or caloric um, or uh, eat above your caloric maintenance to gain muscle in either, you know, with a high fat diet, a low, a low fat diet, you know, there is some balance there. But for me, it's like calories in calorie, calories, calories, wow, out. Like that's kind of how I really approach it. And it, then it comes back to the behavioral coaching thing that you tried to help me with and I was working through. Um and then I know I'm getting long winded, but the, the other thing I'm thinking is like, it is this thing that we come back to that's simple, not easy. Right. Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, so you just asked like six different things. So I how just, do you want me to I unpack went off. that? You do whatever the, you feel is best. Right? So the first thing oh, you said, like, what's the first thing someone should do yeah. is figure out what you, what you want to do? Like what, what's your goal? And hey, Kevin, how, I want to lose weight. Yeah. How willing are you to, how willing are you to, uh, to get there? On a scale mean? of one to ten, a ten. I want to get in shape for my wedding. Yeah, so that's first number one. Right. It's not How one. willing are you to to meet that goal? How willing are you to get there? Like, what sacrifice are you willing to make to whatever to get I there? have to do? Yeah. So that's always good from you know from a coaching standpoint. When you're looking at that, you want to gauge how committed somebody is up front, and oh, that's, I see what there's you're a there's a big there's a big piece up front, and just talking to said person and figuring out what their actual goals are and what how willing they actually are, are. i see what you're saying because i have people that ask me about this just because i've like kind of posted stuff about it before and you'll ask them what they want to do and it's like i don't know i want to gain muscle but also lose fat at the same time and you're like well i got news for you it's kind of tough to do both at the same time you know yeah there's a very rare cases. there's like it's like one of those subsectors where it's like really rare case that yeah, you can you do both the time. It's like if you're super overweight and you're also, um, if you're also like super, basically novice to weightlifting. Uh, right. If you just start out, so that's like a very slim sector of people that have the ability to do that. Yeah. For most people, it's going to be you're adding fat and muscle at the same time. There's different ways to maximize that ratio. Limit though. the fat optimize how much muscle you're getting. Exactly. Right? You know, more percentage of muscle versus, you know, percentage of fat that you're adding to the body. But to go into calories in, calories out, yeah. you know, think about it more along the lines of energy in, energy out. Right. And there's some factors that influence the energy in and there's some factors that influence the energy out, right? And the majority of that is going to be calorie-based. So how many calories do you intake is going to be your energy in. Yeah. How many, how many calories are you burning that's your energy out. Yeah. But there's also hormonal factors that affect that, psychological factors 100%. that affect that. Um, different different things uh, along your genetics that will affect that as well. And one that you would agree with, probably sleep, right? Sleep is a big one there. Yeah. Um, you, you burn a ton of calories in sleep, actually. Yeah. So that's another thing. How much sleep are you getting? How much are you recovering? Yeah. And I think as we dig into it, like – if I, I said to you, Kevin, someone wanted to lose weight, you would tell me they have to be at a caloric deficit. Like if I simplify it to that, you would agree with that, right? Like that's like a scientific fact is what I'm getting at. Yeah. You, you know? have to have more energy out than energy is coming in. But people will like DM or not DM me, but like people will say, oh, I'm going to start running to, to lose weight, which is great, but they don't even understand that. Yeah. You're running and you're going to lose weight, but that's simply because you're exerting more energy. You know, like they think yeah. that lose that running is going to cut fat, which is just not the reality. It's not how that works. No. You yeah. Know? Yeah. You're right. You're right. So I'm just you're trying right. to keep it simple because, and, and that's like the conversation I'm having. 
Um, I think it'll be cool though, dude, to get into like some of the more emotional parts. Um, but I mean, do you want to hit this question first? Like what are the three biggest tips or do you want to go to down the emotional part first? I don't, I'm open to kind of how you want to flow. Well, why don't we, why don't we dive into your three biggest tips for that you have around nutrition? Um, go from there. So similar to what I talked about with fitness, I think you have to find something that you can consistently do. I think it's something I've struggled with. I've changed. I've gone through every diet. I did the bodybuilder diet. I did the if it fits your macros. And I'm calling them diets, and that's not even the right word to call them. Like their lifestyle changes. But I've tried the bodybuilder one, chicken, rice, eggs. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> protein Bland shakes. stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Protein shakes. Yeah. Um, Sweet potatoes and chicken. <laughs> yeah. I tried – like the if it fits your macro like type of lifestyle, which I think works because there's flexibility. But I basically would be eating like shitty protein bars just because it fit my calories. And now I'm trying keto more as like an experiment. I'm doing more bro science type stuff. I like it actually so far, um, but I just talk so much shit on it. And I was like, whatever, I'll give it a try. I don't know if it's considered keto. It's like low carb, but you know. So for me, I'm still finding it. You know, I don't know what the exact thing is that fits my lifestyle. I do really enjoy intermittent fasting, but there's a lot of different things that come into play for me. Um, so I'm trying to figure it out, but I would encourage like, and I think you would agree with me, Kev. It's like, yeah, try and find something that you can consistently do, which I think you've done a great job on. Um, and you can kind of hit on that. Wait, before you jump in, yeah. um, you mentioned macros there. Yeah. Why don't you unpack those just for anyone you know, oh, what, are, what are macros? Oh, you're right. You're right. Um, that's a good thought. Um, so macros, right? There's three basic nutrients that are going to equate to your daily caloric intake, right? They're carbohydrates, which are four calories a gram, um, fats, which are nine calories a gram, and then protein, which are four calories a gram, right? And so there's people would argue like a optimized way to allocate those calories to those specific macronutrients, right? Keto would be essentially no calories come from carbs or less than 50 grams of carbs per day. Um, and then if it fits your macros could kind of be anything that any carb or fat ratio, but generally proteins are pretty consistent based, you know, one gram per body weight is generally the rule, maybe a little less for girls, maybe a little more for guys that are lean, but that's what macros are. Did that cover the yeah, question? Yeah. I think that covers everything. Cool. Um, all right. And then second thing, this is a big one. This could go left, right, and around town, Kev. Um, But the second one is just how big a role emotions can play in reaching your nutritional goals. I think it is analogous to the aspect that how you're feeling emotionally actually will impact goals, not only in nutrition. For me, it happens to be that like a big way my emotions come out is how I eat, which is fucking awful if my <laughs> i'm in an emotional state if i'm being honest with you um but yeah so i i realized that like i had to figure out other shit before i was like okay let's restrict my diet and like achieve my goals physically does that make sense as kind of tip number two yeah yeah that that absolutely makes sense and i th- and an important part that you're hitting on here is that there's an emotional driver to some that drives you to eat food sometimes you can get right. You know it. I mean, you know the story. Yeah, I do. I'm. I'm not gonna tell the story okay, though. But I'll where, I'll where did, where did, where did this emotional tendency manifest it from? Because one thing I want to, I want to say is yeah. that it's way more common than people think. Oh, I think it's a great problem. Uh, people having issues around food in general, yeah. whether it be eating too much, eating too little. There's, I feel like everybody knows somebody that has an odd relationship with food or something that's a little bit, I don't want to say, I, I don't want to say broken, but there's an issue there. Yeah, man. There's always something you can prove. So I guess the elephant is the room. Like I have struggled with like binge eating over my life of dieting and fitness. So like, um, and you knew that Kev, like I told you about it. And I think that was one of the things that actually made us really close, which is interesting enough. Like one of the things I felt hardest to talk about with, Again, my closest friends we talked about. So very interesting. We come to back to that. Um, But I think for me, it really started, man. Like I had a huge connection to like the way I looked through some of the changes I had in high school, right? I was never like looked at as like a confident kid or like girls were attracted to really when I was growing up. 
And then what do you know when I lose weight? Like that shit happens over, not an over, like an overwhelming emotion, right? You tie to your physical looks. I mean, I think it's like kind of a natural human state to start being like, oh, girls like me now because I'm in shape. And then I was attracted to it, bro. Like, or I was attached to that look. And then it came out in small spurts, like small binge eating spurts, like when I was drinking, um, just because I was off a diet, right? And right. And I would eat really shitty, shittily. Um, and then last year, it really kicked back up. Um, and it was just from emotional shit. Like I went through like a relationship, like I ended a relationship with a longtime girlfriend, like changed friends. You, I mean, you were there with me through the entire thing. Yeah. Um, and I just don't think I had my emotional state in a place where I could be like, okay, I want to lose weight. You know, like I just wasn't, (laughs) I wasn't realistically there to be like, all right, I'm going to count calories. And I, I, I wasn't working out really as well as I should have. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't doing all of the other things to make myself healthy, like calories in and calories out. Wasn't gonna, wasn't yeah. gonna fucking cut it. In right, that state, right, exactly. Because it's one of those things. It's it's simple that, but not easy until it's it's very complicated, right? And I couldn't find the fucking issue, dude. Like, and I don't know, based on if based on me telling the story, like it's like triggering things that you're thinking about. But I couldn't find the fucking issue, right? Because like for me, I was like, okay, like I know I like to eat healthy. I know I like to work out. I know I like to read. But like. I literally couldn't figure out the emotional aspect that was throwing me off in every fucking area of my life. Yeah. I don't know how that pertains to nutrition, but that's what I've come to like reflect on and analyze. Where are you with that now? With what? With that. With those emotions. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm honestly in the happiest place I've ever been in my life and I can confidently say that, but that's because I – dude, you know how hard this year was for me. Like yeah. I've fucking I, – I've like – really tried to open up to people and talk to people figure stuff out i talked to you my mom like my closest friends just to work through it man like you need people to be around you that help support you in those circumstances yeah what strategies did you use to help your you overcome these challenges that you were facing of binge eating or the emotional shit well they're connected right yeah so i mean i guess the emotional shit would be your, your yeah i mean we're focusing on nutrition here so it, the the strategies that you use with relation to the, your emotions and binge eating. The yeah. Between the two. Um, you said you mentioned, you know, talking to other people. Yeah, I mean, you knew about, about it. it. Yeah. I, I told you about it. Yeah. Um, dude, honestly, I, I, I think it went away now. And I say go away because I think it's something I might always struggle with. I, I don't know if I've, like, hit another, like, turbulent time in my life if that will come to, like – fruition again i think it's something that i just i'm very connected to my nutrition and like how i look i don't know if that's normal but that's something that i feel deep down um and what i would say is dude i had to get everything else in check so then i could continue to like improve my state from a nutrition standpoint did i hit on your question yeah positive yeah i I had to deal with everything else before i could even focus on nutrition you know um and yeah, and that was a big that was a big thing because, I was because sh- we were we were I was helping you at that point and you made a big decision to basically step back. Oh, you're right. And say, "Hey, you know what? Like for me right now, I need to focus on this piece." Yeah. rather than focus on this piece. Yeah. So focus, focus on the emotional connection there yeah. before you can even start to focus a little bit more on your nutrition. So that's a big thing, right? You're right. So don't even – you move – almost you moved a little too quick for, off of that issue. Well, I tried to so, find it as an outlet. Yeah. You know, like – and we kind of jumped on that on the last podcast about like running the marathon to deal with some of my emotional issues. I don't think that's the worst thing to fucking do when you're under stress. But like me dieting to get like lean to like figure out my emotional issues isn't going to work. And no. I, I don't know if that's nutrition based, but the reason it's not going to work, uh, I think to tie it all together. And I think you'll agree with this, but like, dude, I wasn't sleeping right. I wasn't working out correctly. Like I was stressed as fuck, you know, or you weren't probably eating enough. I was eating, dude, binge eating is you, well, eat you were, shit no, you were eating not enough during the week. Oh, right. And then I was like, fuck it. Let me eat. Yeah. Let me eat 12, compounded 12, the issue. 12 donuts. Yeah, <laughs> compounded the issue, right? All these things right. amounted yep. to this pressure that would build yep. and then pop. 
And right. I thought it was around fitness. I thought it was around nutrition, but it really wasn't. Yeah. So I guess that's tip two. <laughs> yeah, tip number tip number two is if you have a, a problem with with uh, food, is the first step is to check it. You're check right. that problem. Acknowledge it, because I think, dude, I've tried. I tried everything. I was in a dark spot. Like I, I was looking at blogs. I was reading books. I was talking to you. But like, the reality is, there is no one that's gonna fix that shit for you. Like it's up in your head. Like you got to figure out the emotional shit that is driving that issue. Yeah, there's definitely some people that can ask some good questions that helps generate help generate thoughts within your own head. But in reality, it's it is all up to you, right? And and then it circles back to this point around emotions right what where a lot of the life is about controlling emotions that's a fucking good point right no yeah i agree with you and when it comes down to it a lot of the worst decisions people make are because they make them on emotions yeah no that's a good point um so that's my tip too kev (laughs) love it love it um and then the third one just to hammer home and everyone says this but you taught me a lot about this if you're training hard you really just have to make sure um, you're fueling your body properly. So like my tip is to make sure you're adequate. You're giving yourself the adequate amount of calories or nutrition based on your activity level and your goals. It seems super, super plain and simple, but a lot of times like I did in high school, right? I was training like twice a day, once in the morning, once at night. And I was eating probably less than a thousand calories. So like, yeah, dude, I look at the same thing. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. So and that's something I did wrong. I think there's a lot of available information, but simple is just, dude, making sure your caloric intake matches your goals. Because again, in order for you to succeed physically, you got to make sure the nutrition is there to back it. So yeah, and there's some simple calculators out there where you can get an idea as to what your resting uh, metabolic rate is, which would just be your maintenance level, of and then go off of that. Obviously, calculators can only do so much with, you know, the limited factors that you're giving it uh-huh. so it's there's more nuance to everybody than that be based on muscle mass and certain things along those lines so you have to figure it out on your own but that's a great way to get um you know just a general idea as to what you should be eating. i love that let me ask you something and this just popped in my head and you know it's a podcast so we're just gonna rip it what do you think about people weighing themselves every day i think it's if you don't have a problem with numbers, I don't think it's a bad thing. Okay. But when you get attached to an arbitrary number on a scale, that's when things start to go awry, right? So if, if you're something, someone who's going to hyper-focus on numbers and things along those lines, and if you have somewhat of a little self-awareness, you, you'll know if you're that kind of person, then try not to step on the scale. Use other things like, you know, just – progress pictures or love that or things along those lines or feeling how your clothes fit you yeah. know just other ways to get the the idea as to whether you're making progress or not yeah without placing an arbitrary number on it i love that and because i think the why there is right because sleep how, how long you sleep can affect how much water is actually in your system when you weigh yourself like again how much water you drink how much sodium you had the day before there's a lot of factors that play into weight and then people weigh themselves in the morning and at night like yeah people so usually it's not just one number it's usually a range one and depending on how big how large you are that range is going to widen right Mm -hmm. so you're just bigger you're going to have more water that fluctuation is going to be different yeah so for me personally, when I have a big sushi meal, specifically when I have a lot of soy sauce, I could gain up to five pounds, six pounds overnight. You're a big bull. <laughs> big boy. <laughs> and You're I, a big boy. Frankly, if like I've stepped on the scale and so in the first few times that happened, I was like, what, what the hell happened? Yeah. And then you look back and you kind of do your own detective work and you figure out that you had a shit ton of sodium and salt. Yeah. And then your body, in in reaction to that, trying to optimize the water balance within your system, is going to retain more water right. overnight. Yeah. And therefore, 
you're going to weigh more. So there's a lot of things that go into weight, you know? So it's like not the end all be all. Sure. If you want to check yourself like a couple times a week, do it. But I agree with you. I like the progress picture thing. I mean, I, I, I candidly do that sometimes. Just to be like, yeah. It feels, oh my gosh. I remember the first time I pro- took a progress picture it was probably only a year and a half ago, but, and it's such a weird thing to do. Yeah. Cause and I have a funny story. Oh my phone, gosh, dude. Bro. I have a funny story. I was it? scrolling through <laughs> when I was, uh, working at my previous job, I was with a, a advisor that was one of our clients and we were at an event and i was showing her i forget what i took a picture of too that's yeah i forget what i took a picture of and of course i scroll to my and my phone and i scroll to the left and there's just just straight up picture of me in my boxers like <laughs> taking a mirror selfie was she and like, i was like was she, she like, laughed she, she, she laughed was probably she's she, like i'll bring you all my business now. she was she I'll laughed you all my business. she laughed and i but i was like oh my gosh so my suggestion keep it in a keep it in a little secret folder not everybody needs to see that <laughs> password protect that yeah shit. but it's a, it's a great way to monitor progress without necessarily attaching a number to it which is that. arbitrary i love that you yeah, know like one. if most people you know people might have a certain number that they should weigh in their mind but what if i told you you could look better than that and be 10 pounds more than that would you want that yeah probably yeah so you're right no, i agree with you um all right so i think those were my three i don't know if we hit on what yours are um but do you want to roll through yours um and see what else we can uncover yeah yeah let's roll through mine real quick all right so number one for me is identify something that's going to be sustainable for you and that's similar to you and consistency but think about something that's going to be sustainable for you so play the long game um, biggest, uh, you know, when I think about this, I think of the biggest loser. It's a very popular TV show. A good one. Everyone watches it. If you look at the people and how much weight they lose, it's super inspiring, right? It is. The worst part about that is once that show ends, they all almost always gain it back. Yeah. And it's super, it's really sad that that happens. But the reason that is, is because they basically feed them nothing and they work them out all day. Yeah. Which is... And it's not a mental change, right? Which yeah, is why it's not we... a, it's not a, yeah, it's not a mental change. They're not changing behavior. Yeah, uh, uh, they're not changing the person's behavior that they're choosing to do. Yeah, they're forcing them into a situation where they're, they're making them change their behavior because they're on a TV show. So when these people get left to their own devices, they don't know anything. Yeah, they You're literally right. don't know anything. They don't know how to do it by themselves. They don't know. That's why I don't like to give people you know, certain specific meals. Oh, I was going to say, because at the end of the day, you know, I give, I give ideas, but at the end of the day, this person, you, you have to be able to do this on your own. You're right. So I'm going to coach you to get there on yourself, like on your own. Here's some examples, make it kind of your own. But the other thing I was going to say, that's why when we, you and I talk 30 day diets, it's such an interesting conversation. Cause I'm almost of the opinion that you need something that's going to give them that spark or whoever it is that spark to make a change, but you're right. It's not necessarily enough of a lifestyle change to have them sustain it for a long time. I think that's where we always kind of fall with those quick fad diet things. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and specifically with sustainability and yeah. the fact that so many different things can work for so many different people. Yeah. Like when you look at, and what I've gotten into in terms of research, you look at there's a specific African tribe that list, literally only eats milk, meat, and blood. That's it. That's the all they blood. eat. Probably. Two-thirds of their yeah, calories. They drink the blood. Yeah, they drink the it. Blood. They drink it. It's, it's, sounds, it's yeah, it's disgusting. Fucked up. Right? <laughs> Two-thirds of their calories up. actually come from fat. So very high fat diets, yep. um, very few vegetables. You know, there's a specific group of people in the South Pacific that eat traditional diets that are lower in fat, but very high in vegetables and starchy carbs. So the complete opposite. Yeah. And yet all these traditional diet eaters, even on the extreme ends of both spectrums have are relatively healthy groups of people that have minimum, minimal instances of cardiovascular disease, stroke, diabetes, and inflama- inflammatory obesity. And so what you're saying, if I hear you right, you're saying it, you can figure out a diet that works both ways. It doesn't necessarily need to be one specific thing that works. I think the problem in the issue, and I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this, is just how much social media and 
news push certain diets yeah it's it's we live in a world of extremes right now unfortunately and that's just where society is so it's like if you're not vegan then fuck off (laughs) oh dude if you watch the game changers documentary and went vegan then you should be more skeptical but uh, not to say that being vegan can't help uh, or can't be right for a one specific person it could be if you do it the right way like it absolutely could yeah um so i gotta check myself on that but the, it, the the point of that is a lot of these diets like keto um you know whole 30 uh paleo yeah you know higher carb diets l- whatever you're doing low carb i don't low, even know what I'm doing. it's it's low it's low, low carb. carb it's somewhere in between right yeah. they do have overlap right in their main points they one raise it nutritional awareness so number one you're more aware of what you're putting in your body which is big dude i yeah. think like it's a start you know like I, and that's what i i mean dude i don't have it figured out like you got to try things and i think you should be at least aware of what you're putting in your body you know there's not one best diet to your point no no and i think you should be your own you really have to be your own detective and we're getting to my third point so Go i ahead. might as well jump into it um jump in i'll dude. jump to the third How, and come are, back well, to the second di- for the can last you dive one in or no? I'll, I'll just i'll just take a nice little dive in <laughs> is uh, always be a skeptic you know oh, that's, i think of i like that be your own detective i like that. so figure out what works for you and that comes back to number one pick something that's sustainable find what's sustainable for you so if you're a person who you know, tends to eat higher fat foods and that fits a little bit more into being sustainable for you and you feel better on that. Yeah. Then yeah, go for it. You know? And I I just want to add this, like there is so much available information. It's tough to find what is even right. No, no. And that's it. That's a great point because nothing is right. Nutritional science is in such a so the such early stages yeah. versus everything else You're right that you look at all these studies and you look at how they're formulated their methods their data collection you know it, it's a whim on what's right and what's wrong I right know, you can tough. really sway the data however you want to however you want to you know have it sway right. and that's why i say be a skeptic because you know, people can say all these things and make all these claims, but at the end of the day, when rubber meets the road, you're going to figure out what works for you and what doesn't. And, and it doesn't have to be one one thing, right? It doesn't have to be like keto isn't right for everybody, but that doesn't mean it's wrong for somebody. And I've seen it be successful. I just don't know if it's long term for me. That's what I'm trying it out, dude. I honestly like it. Like I don't know. I yeah. don't know if it's long term. And maybe it maybe it can be long term for you. You know, personally, like I've tried that. I've tried keto. Like I I kind of enjoyed it for yeah. a little bit. But I just found it wasn't sustainable for me specifically because of what I do and just how my body was reacting to it. So, you know, for me it wasn't working. But that doesn't mean if somebody comes to me and says they're doing it and they like it and it's working, then I'm going to tell them to do something else. And I think if somebody tells you that you need to do this thing and only this and this is only right, then they're they're not doing enough research around that. And that's something through precision nutrition that – they emphasizes, you know, one size fits all model doesn't work. I think that's a great point. I mean, I, I wouldn't add anything. Is there anyone you actually follow and really trust on this stuff? I mean, I have a few people that I think come to mind, but I don't know if I haven't done, I haven't researched their research. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something I'll, I'll do. I'll like look at the cited articles and go to that and go I'm to the peer reviewed journals and things along those lines. Like if you look at the glass of wine a day is healthy for you claim. Like you look at the methods that they did to collect data for that study. It's yeah. absurd. Like they scan, they had people scan. Um, they had people write down their own results. That's how they did data collection it's like a extremely large empirical study that i don't know how with nutrition specifically why it's so hard to make any claim is because you can't control all the variables yeah. in the situation so, so if you can't do, you do that who would you i i research a bunch of different uh through a bunch of different sites i use precision nutrition because they have so many helpful articles and what you'll find through their articles is they're super unbiased yeah so whereas like if you go to a keto site obviously they're going to be 
pumping keto stuff. If you go to a high carb site, they're going to be pumping high carb stuff. Whereas yeah. Precision Nutrition is, they believe in more along the lines of behavioral tendencies instead of just nutritional science. So behavioral tendencies come before the nutrition. Agreed with you, and yeah. we talked about that earlier. I mean, personally speaking, one thing that I think helps and is pretty well researched. I mean, in my opinion, is intermittent fasting. Like, do you not agree with that? Are we going up? Are we going down a wormhole here? That's. A, that's a, I think you're a little bro sciency. The the claims around intermittent fasting. Specifically, I'm not saying it's going to make me stronger or make me lose weight. I yeah. think it's going to restrict my caloric eating window. My body's going to get used to it, and then I'm going to be better at that. Then my body's going to be better adapted to literally not eat for that extended period of time yeah so intermittent fasting has the incidental effect of compressing your window so you can't eat as much physically so technically you start to why a lot of people see the benefits is because they're burning more calories than they're able to put into their body right so they're in a de- right. deficit right. and it, it's easier to get in a deficit when you can physically only eat during like a six hour window That's right what I'm saying. but the benefits of intermittent fasting in and periodically, the studies that have been done are on rats, and the equivalent of the fasting periods that they go through is like the equivalent of 18 to 20 hours for a human. So to actually see the benefits there, that you, you got to fast for that Are much you saying time. I'm not like a rat? Uh, yeah, I'm just saying <laughs> that you're not a rat, dude. Uh, so that's that's the that's really the rub with all of these things, right? And that's the it's the tough thing to do because to extrapolate animal studies into human studies it's but it also i i've done intermittent fasting and i've seen that i saw the benefits of it i feel i feel like sometimes when i need a little bit of a reset from eating i'll do a nice little like intermittent fasting day yeah and i feel like that's a nice little break on my digestive system to let it kind of reset itself i like that but then again like that's complete bro science and from feel Right, so it's it's really about figuring out what works for you and being your own sign and being your own skeptic and being your own detective. Last point is, I think the biggest one that people miss is start small. Start small is a huge thing. You yeah. know, if you're starting from ground zero, don't jump on some thirty day diet or something along those lines. The simplest way to look at this is. If you're eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner, focus on your breakfast first. Look at what you're eating for breakfast. You know, if you're having a donut, a coffee, and a muffin, maybe replace the donut with an apple and I don't have a be coffee rude here, and a muffin. But do people eat like that? I I feel like they do. I maybe I'm just I, maybe I don't have the perspective, dude. Because like I've been eating healthy or attempting to for so long that I don't even realize people eat like that. People eat like that still. Like a like the typical like work or breakfast is like a muffin a muffin in a coffee dude yeah dude when people are on the go when people are on the go it's very easy to make the excuse herself to just say screw it i'm getting a muffin or something like that and muffins feel healthy they do they're like they're blueberry they're like oh yeah this is is basically the same as eating an apple dude Eat, I mean, I mean blueberries. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I, you could be right, man. I don't know if I'm just. I feel like you and I just. We've been kind of in it for a while. Like I, I just. I almost see that as abnormal now. So maybe that's me. I, yeah. I don't know. Well, we're. I mean, I feel like we're surrounded by each other all the time. So yeah. this is what's normal for us. But that's. I. The reality of the situation in America is that's not the normal. That's across a good the point. Board. That's a good point. Right. You're right. You're right. So. Start small. Start with uh, small little daily actions that that you can build on. So replace that replace that donut with a with an apple for you know do that for two weeks. And if you look at it on a scale of one to ten and think and think of that action and how hard it's going to be for you on that scale of zero to ten, it should be a nine or ten in terms of how easy you think you'll be able to complete that. Yeah. You if it's should. not a nine or a ten, then it's going to be you're probably not going to be able to get it done over the long term right so it's about creating sustainable habits over time that build on each other it's the same as building a routine you don't start off by looking at your ideal routine that you want and implementing everything all at once right i agree with you. that's impossible or i mean highly unlike unlikely that you're going to be able to do that all at once it's about adding small things at a time what eating more whole foods to a big enough reason is why like okay you're eating like shit but like what if you want to get in shape for your wedding or like I 
like what if people connect it to a big enough reason like do they have to do it in small steps like i i don't i i don't really feel like i did again i don't have the healthiest relationship for, with food and i wouldn't claim to but like what if someone has a big enough reason why why not fucking go all out no i think that's a great reason but we'll refer to rule number one long term yeah but maybe you could do a bigger step than just a goddamn apple you know like, eat a healthy breakfast. I'm just saying everyone's got a different scale from 1 to You're 10, right? right? So yeah. if you can, if you think, I mean, if you have a high willpower and you think you can change up your whole breakfast starting at once, most people aren't that – when you look at most people, I guess I'm painting a very dark picture. They aren't that broken. It's just a process of eating less processed foods and eating more whole foods. So when you look at the back of the ingredients packages, if there's more than five to six ingredients on there, that's extremely processed. It's probably going to have some shit in it that's yeah. not good for you. Yeah. Eating more whole foods, things that don't come in bags, things that, you know, like apples, You fruits, understand the ingredients meats. in. Yeah. Yeah. Eggs. Like just you things that are one ingredient. That's, yeah. that, that's literally it. What, what if, how many it's, that's it how many ingredients did the spray i have get oh it's a cvs receipt dude I, I, <laughs> yo, it was insane i think it had like 15 ingredients and it was just supposed to be like an oil it was supposed to be like an oil spray yeah i don't check ingredients but that's what that's why i'm surrounded with you because you hold me accountable to not use garbage ass spray <laughs> yeah dude don't use that garbage ass i spray. threw it away it I was paint. basically spray paint dude. i know you're I spray paint i was like lathered up my chicken with yeah it. but uh, you shouldn't have to read the back of a package you know you you should be eating you should be able to tell what you're eating just by looking at it yeah and that's a great rule of thumb you know you shouldn't have to go to the back of the package to figure out what's what's in it it's great next time you go to a grocery store Look at the back of the package, right? Yeah. Like if you look I, at the back of the package that. of all all the stuff, like I I'm not perfect by any means. Like I have moderation is a big thing for me. So every once in a while I'll, I'll get a thing like Angie's popcorn, which is healthier. Yeah. But still, there's six to seven ingredients on the back. One of them being like sunflower oil and canola oil, processed oils, which are just not good for you. Yeah, you're right. So you know, am I gonna die from eating that? <laughs> no, but is there a better choice? Yes. Yeah. So, I agree with you. And it's, the, it's really a scale. There's not – I want to stress this. There's not good and bad foods. It's a scale from green, yellow to red. I like that you use that. And the other thing I would say is for unhealthy options, there is healthier options most of the time. Yeah. You I mean know? when you look at anything, you can boil it down. You can boil it down to a healthier, the healthier That's what I'm saying. And is right? it really worth – not the health risk because that's going to sound insane. But I'm yeah. saying is it worth the extra calories or the weight you're going to put on? Like maybe it is for you. If it is, if it, that large if that large Chick-fil-A milkshake <laughs> is worth the calories, go goddamn get it. But yeah. you could also make a smoothie with, you know, protein powder. <laughs> I mean I know it's not going to be. Yeah, you're really making this sound super good, dude. Um, the last thing I wanted to get into, um, I, I'm interested. What are your – thoughts on like counting calories because i have an interesting perspective or or like calculating macros and like tracking it there are different ways to go about it like hand measuring yeah certain things which is uh from a sustainability perspective probably a little bit easier for people yeah so just using your hand as a as a rule of thumb um there's different techniques you can you can use and precision nutrition is something that they, they preach this a lot because you get it's on the go, right? You don't have to weigh it. You don't have to do anything. You use your own hand to measure different types that. of food. So, but personally I'm a little bit more dialed into my goal yeah. in terms of building muscle and adding weight. Yeah. So I am counting my macros. Yeah. I, I mean, do I don't have necessarily an issue with numbers or counting or anything along those lines. If I go over, it's not a big deal. If I'm under, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. I don't have much of an issue with it, so I don't see a problem with it. But it can be a problem for some people who are a little bit more focused on those different numbers. And, and this is where I'm at with it, and I'm interested to get your feedback. Like I've been doing it for so long. That it's literally a part of my like it's just a part of my routine when it comes to nutrition. Well, like, that's that's the thing. Like once you do it for long enough, you have a good idea as to what you're putting in, what you need to put in your body, 
like you have an idea as to what four or six ounces of chicken looks like. You have an idea as to like what you know an ounce or two of rice looks like. Yeah, but let me play devil's advocate because if you're saying, "Hey, I'm more dialed into my goal," like why aren't people dialed into their goal? Like, is it really that hard to take 10 minutes to track? I'm not saying again, right? You have to track every meal, everything, but like, is it really that hard? Yeah, it is. Okay. For some people, I, I dude, if that's, I'm if asking, your goal is, I don't if know. Your goal isn't to like, I'm trying to put 30 pounds on my squat and to gain like another five. So you're trying pounds. to have thunder thighs. Just absolute thunder thighs. Just your girlfriend. I already stomped. I already that. stomped through the house right now. I want things to fall off the table when I stomp through that the house. That was my one worry when I moved in here was that I was gonna have loud feet because people for my entire life have said that. But you actually, I think you outperform because no, on I, flat surfaces, bro, I can hear you. Yeah, my sisters hated me growing up because I, I always, understand. I always had a tendency to get up early and just stomp around the house, smash some dishes around. You know. That sounds annoying get the house up <laughs> is there anything yeah. else you want to say i feel like we gave a lot of we might have raised a lot more questions than we did answers but dude i love this topic because yeah, but that's the thing with nutrition it's you got to yeah. ask questions you got to do research you got to you got to look at you got to look at a uh, multiple different perspectives otherwise you're just gonna be left with one view and if that one view fails you which could happen, then yeah. what? Then your whole world is rocked. The the biggest rule of thumb is always to eat whole foods rather than processed. Foods. I love that. And thing. if that's one thing you can take away from this this <laughs> absolute mess of a podcast, <laughs> it should be that. If I, it comes in a bag, it's not a whole food. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I think it's cool though. There's so many different things and different um, areas of fitness and or fitness excuse me nutrition there's so many different things to learn about nutrition and like again i said it to you i'm still learning like i have a lot of my own issues i think that's another big thing that maybe we didn't hit on but like there are people with eating issues you shouldn't feel weird like talking about that with other people that's something we mentioned too you know yeah definitely not it's it's way more common than you think it is most likely if you bring it up to a group of friends one of those other people is probably going to have an issue of that same uh, category. It's scary to talk to people about it, man. Yeah, I can I can imagine, dude. I, that's why I give you a lot of props for being so open about it. Yeah, is I mean, it's a hard thing to talk about and something that's super uncomfortable. Yeah. and I know some things that you know around my family that I get uncomfortable talking about. So yeah, you know, well, you're it's, my it's you're my family, that, man. So yeah. I'm comfortable talking with you about it. Uh, but Love it. all right, well, this is. Episode six of Outside the Nine to Five, guys. We hope you enjoyed. Um, please like and subscribe. How do you feel about that? That ending? Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. All right, enjoy, guys.